Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. so much for joining me for today's episode of the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I am really excited to have a special guest, Talit and Ty McNeely from His and Her Money. It was an honor to be able to interview them and to be able to sit down and have just a real raw discussion. And so I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I hope that it encourages everyone who's listening. And I think it's a really important conversation for us to have, especially in this season of what we're going through in the world and to just take a glimpse into the world of someone else who is trying to do what we're trying to do, trying to provide for their family, um, trying to build an online business, trying to take time out of their life to create a message and to help people and to use their gifts and talents to make a difference in the world. And I feel like this ended up being such a great conversation. And again, I just appreciate them taking time out of their very busy schedule to sit down with me and have this important discussion, which I hope will encourage um, and educate a lot of people as they listen. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode. I am thrilled to have Talette and Ty McNeely on this show, and I think it's going to be a really great episode. So thanks, guys, for being here. Absolutely. We're Thank so you so much for having us. Here. Yes, we absolutely love you. You are so sweet. I love you, too. Um, I think that we have such an interesting story about how we sort of cross paths in this blogging journey. But mine began when someone told me about a blogger who lived close to me. Um, we got together, she's another personal finance blogger, and we do like a little play date or whatever. And at the end of the play date, she invited me into her mastermind group. And I have to be honest, when I got in there, I think the thing that I was most excited about was just how really diverse our mastermind group was. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was very, very diverse. And I, I love that about it as well. Yeah, and I think that um, everybody was had like different things that they were super good at. And everybody had different perspectives. You had, uh, you know, different audiences that people were talking to. They were talking about similar messages, but they were trying to convey it to different groups of people. So I just think it was diverse all around and it made for a really, really good environment. One thing I really appreciated about that opportunity was that we really met pretty often online and had meetings and things like that. And it really helped us get to know each other so that when we met in real life, I really had the privilege of having really raw conversations um, with you guys and with Aja and a few of the other group members. Uh, and it was very eye opening for me because here I was like a stay at home mom blogger, you know, who was just trying to pay off debt or whatever. And I would get into, you know, these conversations with, you know, other members of the group talking about like how they're writing about certain things and approaching it in a certain way. And for example, like one time Aja brought up, you know, people struggling to get checking accounts. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, why can't they just go down and get a checking account? You know, and these were like really eye opening experiences to understanding the struggles that her audience faced when it came to personal finance. Yes, and it's a real thing. I think honestly, it troubled me a little bit that I just wasn't aware of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that that goes for everybody, though. There's um, perspectives that 
we're not familiar with. And I think that the goal of this life that we live is to be all encompassing, to, to be willing to expand and not stay in a box of our environment because we're all products of our environment. We're all products of our circumstances. So for a while, a good portion of our life, all we know is all that, you know, what we know, but it's up to us to be willing to, to first embrace the fact that there are diverse stories out there. There are diverse sets of circumstances out there. And I think the human thing to do is to be willing to explore and conversate and discuss and understand because all that leads to your own personal development and growth. I 100% agree. I can't tell you how much growth I feel like I've had. I think I've done a lot of personal growth in the last 10 years uh, simply because I'm willing to listen to other people. I'm willing to, you know, hear their stories and respect those stories and know that, you know, really nobody can take those stories away from people. I mean, that's their life experiences. And it's important that I listen and respect that part of their lives and what they've lived. Absolutely. So my real heart behind this episode is just to give Tala and Ty an opportunity to share with you their success story, um, to have some real heart-to-heart conversations about the struggles for people of color in building online businesses, as well as have some discussions about how we can, you know, help move things forward as far as pursuing equality. And as we get started, I would love for them to just take a second to share with you about the content and the platform that they have built. Yeah. So we run a platform called his and her uh, money.com. We have a YouTube channel, podcast, um, a website, um, and pretty much our platform was birthed out of our own personal story. Um, we like to always say it's interesting how God can take your pain and turn it into purpose. And um, it basically just started out with financial infidelity prior to us getting married. Uh, my husband um, actually lied to me about how much debt that he was in. And this was after premarital counseling. Uh, but anyway, we pushed forward. We got married. We became consumer debt-free within our first year of marriage. We worked that out. Um, and then a lot of different couples just started approaching us. Hey, um, we see that you all are good at this whole money thing. And we would invite couples into our home. Um, they would sit on our couches and we would counsel them. And then we just one day said, hey, we think that we probably need to take this online because we could probably be helping so much more people than we are currently just where we live locally. So yeah, that's how uh, his or her money was born just out of our own personal story. Um, where we pretty much teach people how to manage their money and how to build wealth and live a life that God intended them to live. One thing I really love about how you guys have chosen to format your videos and things is that it feels like you're sitting in the living room with you guys having a discussion. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. That actually was intentional and unintentional. It's just, um, we're just pretty much just being open and honest and authentic. And we just pretty much invite people into our own personal lives. We recently, uh, we're coming up on a two year anniversary, as a matter of fact, when we paid off our home, 330,000 in five years. Wow. And um, we did that on one income and uh, we invited people in, we invited them into our lives and we took them kind of on the journey. So yes, we invite you into our home. Yeah, literally like our videos are, we're sitting in our home and you can see the fireplace in the background. And so um, we, we like that feel because it, it just, helps us to stay closely connected to our audience because it's our desire not to preach like on a uh, pulpit looking down at you or on a stage looking down at you, but it's our goal to give you the feeling that we're walking on the journey with you, right next to you, side by side, pointing you in the right direction. So that's kind of the intentionality we put behind giving off that feel of you being in our house. I think that definitely comes across really loud and clear in your brand and 
you know, I would say that I feel like your authenticity that you brought up is probably a big part of your success story because you guys chose to remain very true to who you were and tell your story. Yeah. One, one of the things that we don't hide away from is our faith, our faith in God. We're Christians and um, we know that that's not necessarily always popular for Christians to pretty much shout that out to the world because let's just be honest, um, right now what our world is going through in regards to Black Lives Matter, um, there's also even sometimes a uh, secrecy in uh, displaying your faith for fear that maybe brands won't connect with you and things like that. So we've always stayed authentic uh, to who we are and who God made us to be. And that's something that we haven't shied away from either. I think that's a really powerful point for some of the people who may be listening who are unsure of what to say and do because they're nervous about maybe the ramifications of what they say or do, you know, on their platform. I think one of the things that you guys talk about pretty regularly is, you know, what you do, do it in love. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Love needs to be the deciding factor um, within everything that we do. Yeah, and I think that that's the key because I know your audiences um, are budding entrepreneurs, the current entrepreneurs. That's the key, just period, to business, at least from a longevity standpoint, is to just be you, all aspects of you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because what you want to build is an audience that identifies with you. And if you give them the real you, then they are connecting with that. But if you give them just the polished version of you, the flawless version of you, then you're connecting with people who are attempting to connect to less than 100% of you. And you, there's no longevity in that. And plus the, just the grind of content creation and learning business and steady trying to evolve as an entrepreneur. If you're doing things from an inauthentic standpoint, or if you're doing things that's only really a part of you and you're restricting yourself from being who you really are, then again, you're going to burn out and you're not going to have that longevity that you desire. When we talk about authenticity, would you mind sharing, you know, what do you feel like are the real obstacles that you or other people of color are or have encountered as they pursue trying to build their own online business and pursue their own success story? Yeah. One of the things, the obvious thing is, um, should I show my face? Um, th this is something that we've never talked about even on our platform um, I'm ashamed to say we've had to have the conversations when we started his or her money. Do we allow people to see who we are? Because my fear was that people, not everyone would give us a chance because they would immediately see black or white. You understand what I'm saying? And the yeah. truth of the matter is a lot of times, majority of the time, black voices don't just always, they don't necessarily weigh the same as white voices. And so that was a concern of mine. I did not want people to immediately reject us and reject our message because they immediately saw our skin first, the skin color first, before they can even hear what was coming out of our mouths. And so we had the conversation. Do we have um, uh, like a, a brand where it's just like these moniker names and maybe an image or a logo? They can hear our voices. Sure, they can probably um, tell by our voices, our nationality. But at the same time, I did not want to... Uh, have people turn me away or reject me simply because we were an African-American couple. And as you can see, um, we decided the latter. We, we, we told everybody who we were. We showed our face from day one. Um, we do videos. And our heart posture behind that was whoever's not rocking with us, for whatever reason, if, it, if it's our skin color, if, it's, if they devalued uh, our information, then that's not the people that we're speaking to. The people who need to hear our message are those who are out there waiting for us right now to hear from us. Yeah. yeah, and I think another thing is, is just really within yourself trying to figure out how strong of a stance or how strong of 
uh, messaging you want to put from the African-American context. Mm -hmm. You don't want to alienate yourself, uh, box yourself in. So sometimes uh, people of color are on one or two, one of two extremes. Either they are super um, strong in their messaging of I'm an African-American and I'm going to talk about these issues from the African-American perspective and I'm going to put it as raw and real as I want. And others are like, you know what, I'm going to tone it down for the sake of not um, being isolated from brands and partnerships. I don't want to seem too radical. I don't want to seem too um, risky um, for a, a, a brand partnership. And that's unfortunate because that's not something that... Um, uh, say somebody who is Irish, you know, you can you can show your uh, Irish pride on St. Patrick's Day and it's just looked at as patriotic and all that you all went through, you should, you know, a brand is not going to look down on something like that. But, you know, if we go, uh, you know, pre press our foot on the gas talking about uh, Malcolm X or Martin Luther okay. King or the wealth gap or, rate, or the uh, mass incarceration, you know, these are real things for the African-American community. But if we shine too much of a light on it, we're looked at as risky from a from a business uh, a standpoint. So that's, you know, thoughts, conversations, discussions that you have to have as a person of color who's trying to build a major platform. I think that analogy right there is very eye opening. You know, when people can have all this pride and it could be, you know, all kind of fun and games. But when you talk about real issues, you know, people want to be like, oh, this is this is political or whatever. And when I hear that, I'm like, guys, this is this is human rights. This is not that. At the end of the day, this is about human rights. This is not about being a Republican or a Democrat. This is there are people in 2020 who are discriminated against because of their skin color in various ways. In 2020, there are systems and policies in place that further put division between races in our country. And that's not about who I am aligned to as far as my political affiliation. Right. That is just me being one human, seeing another human being disparaged mm -hmm. and having a heart to say that that's not right. We need to change that. So in the past few weeks, I've been kind of on my own personal journey of trying to start by, you know, listening, um, understanding, and then making time to speak once I kind of know what I'm talking about, understand what's being talked about, that sort of thing. And recently, a friend of mine sent me a video to watch. And during that video, you know, I was listening to this gal talk, and she mentioned um, the whole Greenwood thing. And it was literally like the first time I have ever heard of this. So I had to go and Google it. And I was just so appalled at the entire situation and that I had never really even heard of this before. It's a, it's a reality. I mean, and, and that's not the, that's not the only right. um, community that that happened to. And mm -hmm. there was a great analogy that was posted yeah. online um, during early stages of the pro the current protests going on. And the woman, she gave the analogy of like when people combat um, the, the, the notion of Black Lives Matter and that we need to change things. Uh, some people combat it with, well, you know, that was then, you know, things aren't like that now. You all should be able to, you know, progress because, you know, we're not in slavery no more. We don't have Jim Crow. We have other things, but we don't have those things going on. And so the analogy that was given was imagine 
that we were all playing a game of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And for 400 rounds, we played 400 rounds of Monopoly, but I couldn't have any money, which means that I couldn't buy any property for 400 rounds, but you were able to. And then we played 50 more rounds. This time I was able to get some money, but every time I made some progress with my money and buying properties, you took it away from me. Mm-hmm. So the first 400 years represents slavery. We were here, we were working, we were part of the economy, but we received no money. So the video you're referencing is actually the video that I also saw because when she was talking, she mentioned Tulsa, she mentions Rosewood, and that's what caused me to kind of go look those things up. But I think that one important thing that you just talked about that from that video was very eye-opening or thought-provoking for me was that so much of our economy was actually, you know, built by and on the backs of the slaves who did all that work back then. Correct. Yep. So true. That was the number one um, business of this country. It it was how the country became wealthy. It It was how the country became a force because of all the cotton that we were growing and exporting around the world. And the labor force was comprised of slaves and fortunes were amassed And people were disparaged at the very same time. And so that's why it's like um, such uh, passionate outcries going on right now, because it's just a tipping point. It's like nothing, nothing that's being said, nothing that's being uh, written online, nothing that's being uh, written on signs at these protests is novel. This is not new. This didn't just start. George Floyd wasn't the first person that died at the hands of police brutality, but it was a tipping point. It was a galvanizing moment for people to sit there and watch eight minutes and 46 seconds of somebody having their life taken away from them senselessly. Again, this is about human rights. Mm -hmm. If you let your eyes see that video for eight minutes and 46 seconds, you can't walk away from that thinking that that's okay. You have to know just because you're a human being that what you saw was not right. And then what happens is if you start exploring and you see, and you start, like you said, you had never heard of uh, uh, Black Wall Street and what happened at Tulsa, Oklahoma and in other neighborhoods like that. These are things that we're painfully aware of. These are things that people have been trying to make other people aware of. But now for whatever reason, uh, eyes are being open, hearts are being receptive to hear the narrative that we've been saying this whole time. There are inequities in our country still. They have metamorphosed. They are not, we are not in slave quarters anymore. We are not in the Jim Crow South anymore, but there are still government sanctioned systemic problems that are in place, not, not past tense, that are currently in place that prevent African-Americans from achieving economic success at the same rate, educational success at the same rate, entrepreneurial success at the same rate. These are the hardcore facts um, that we have to discuss. And, and we're just glad that the discussion is happening. We're, just, we're glad that shows like this and you have a heart to hear and you have a heart to learn and you have a heart to share what you learn. You know, this isn't something that our parents' generation had. And let me just say this, um, Kim, we can tell your sincerity. Um, don't think for one second uh, that people can't see if you're just going for a cause just because you don't, you want to fit in in a sense and don't want to be um, outcasted or, or lose uh, followers and things like that. We can tell the genuine from the fake. 
Um, I saw after all of this stuff broke out, I, I saw influencers that I look up to. I saw them speak up, um, but I also saw them turn off comments and also delete their post. Let's, for example, one of the posts was the blackout for Blackout Tuesday. I saw someone delete their post, right? And mm -hmm. the only reason why they deleted their post is because they were getting a lot of negative comments, not from African Americans, but from their own. Mm -hmm. And then when they were um, asked about it, they couldn't take all of the negativity. But what about those black voices? What about those black followers? Um, what about the black dollars as well that go and support some of your programs and things like yeah. that? How do you think that that makes us feel? So again, we're asking for people to be honest, to be authentic, and to literally, like you said, have a heart. This is human rights here. So for you even taking out this time, Kim, just to bring us on your show, Thank you for that. Aww. Before we got on this call, you had a conversation with us and you shared your heart with us and we could tell that it was real and that you truly, literally want to learn more. I just wanted to make sure that I say that. Yeah, one of the <laughs> things that I think that's important for everybody listening to understand about, because some people, as we stated earlier, you're, everybody is a product of their environment. So a lot of what's being said, a lot of what's being, being shared with the advent of social media, um, is alarming and it's the first time you're hearing things like this. And so for us, what you have to know, if you have African-American friends or peers, um, coworkers, things of that nature, when, when we look at George Floyd, we see ourselves. We are not looking from a distance because a lot of us have George Floyd-like stories. It's just that we're still here. When I saw him face down on the pavement, I reflected back to the 16-year-old version of myself that was face down on the pavement because I was told that I fit a description of a suspect. I was face down with the cops with their guns out, searching our car, searching my friends and I. We didn't do anything, 16. but we were assumed guilty. So I'm far from 16, but I still remember it vividly. Every time I see one of these stories, I see myself. And so that's why it's, so much bubbling up is because we're not looking at George Floyd as though that's somebody off in the distance. He looks like somebody we know. He looks like us. And this is why his and her money, another reason why we were uh, birthed. Um, there's no de denying that we are African-American. That was one of the reasons why we chose to show who we were because we wanted others to look at us and say, oh, I can relate to them. They look just like me. The truth of the matter is it wasn't at the time, even when we paid off our home, it wasn't that much a representation in the black community. We're out here doing these things, but people do need to amplify our voices more and need to show, hey, we're out here making success. We're out here building six figure, seven figure businesses. We're out here paying off debt, buying homes. And so that is also another thing that actually pushed his or her money. And this is why we share so much content. I mean, Kim, we have YouTube, we have the podcast. We do that for a reason because there are people that will never watch a video, but they will listen to an episode. And there are people that will listen to an episode or there are people that will watch a video um, and never listen to an episode. So this is why our platform, where those of you all who are listening, make sure that your platform is reaching multiple audiences, right? You can even look at uh, some of your products and resources. Are you uh, knocking out a certain demographic or a certain race simply because of your price point? Like these are things that we need to be looking at within our companies and saying, hey, am I helping everyone that I can help? Now we're not saying give everything away for free, right? We are yeah. saying, of course, we need to make money in order to keep the lights on and build successful businesses and thriving businesses. But at the same time, make sure that you're representing and you're representing everyone well and giving everyone a fair chance. 
as people in my community have reached out asking, what can we do? What can we say? You know, I'm trying to reiterate that this can't just be one of those knee-jerk reactions because this is a hot topic. Like this has to become an organic, you know, ongoing effort at change. Some of the thoughts I've had about doing that consistently and organically, you know, is when you go to pick out stock photos on your blog, consider picking out pictures of people who don't look like you and whose kids don't look like your kids, Uh, you know, going and seeking out, um, you know, books by people who are African-American and linking to them in your articles or in your book guides, you know, going when you're making gift guides or making product recommendations, like being sure that you're recommending products that are made by or manufactured by or created by people of color. And it comes back to just a determination to be intentional and to think about it and to make it a point to demonstrate equality through the content that your platform creates on a regular basis. The reality is that we can't change it overnight, but we can make efforts to see change over time. Um, If you guys have any thoughts on that as well, please feel free to share. Absolutely. I think that's phenomenal that you mentioned that you're absolutely right. Um, When you, and we can even take it beyond even just the business. When we're walking in the store, if we're walking in Target or Walmart, we can pull up our phones now. We can find out what are some of the black owned companies and represent those companies by buying things. Um, And to your point, also, I want to make mention, I'm a part of a group and it's not a blogging group. It's not even for business. It's just one for mamas. And, um, when I would make a comment in the group, maybe speaking about my own issue or my own oppression, one of the worst things that you can do is say me too, right? And not necessarily mm-hmm. relate to the Black Lives Matter movement, right? We're, we know that racism is not just towards the African-American culture. We know that. We know that just discrimination is not even just towards the African-American culture. But right now, because the lights are being um, shown on this particular matter, don't say, well, me too, right? And I think what you're saying to your bloggers and to your, uh, to your followers about making sure that they represent also black owned businesses, black owned authors. It's so very, very, very important. Yeah. And I would say, you know, I would give four steps for everybody who has a desire to be an ally who desires to, again, not like you just said, not let this just be um, a flash in the night. And if you want longevity for this, the first um, step is acknowledgement an acknowledgement that this Mm -hmm. stuff is real, that something is wrong. Even if it's not a flat out um, an agreement, but just an acknowledgement to say, you know what, I'm willing to look into what is being said right now. I'm willing to investigate this for myself because this is not good. If this is true, then this is not good. So it's an acknowledgement that something in our system, in our society is broken and that we need to take a listen. We need to take a look at this. And then next would be awareness. You you should move into trying to understand, trying to learn, whether that's picking up books, whether that's listening to podcasts, whether that's uh, researching articles that's discussing this and bringing an aware, like you said, can you listen to that video? You was like, wait, what, what's, What's the Tulsa race riots? What's Black Wall Street? And then you went on an investigation and it's, and it's historically documented. I'm not saying you use, you know, some yeah. shady websites, but things like right. redlining. What is redlining? What is the racial wealth gap? These are terms that have been studied by some of the most prestigious universities in our country. Just yesterday, Northwestern University released a study that said that for every one dollar, 
that a white family has, a black family has one sense when it comes to wealth. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a study by Northwestern University. This isn't a Black Lives Matter propaganda article, right? So if you become aware, that will shape the next step, which is action. You mentioned some great action steps. It can be as simple as diversifying your stock photos, diversifying the companies that you include in your roundups, diversifying the companies where you spend your dollars. And then the last step is accountability because that's where the longevity is. If things aren't changing, then you need to say something. If things are, if you come across something that's unjust, if you come against something that's inhumane, you need to say something. You need to hold people, organizations, structures, government officials accountable. You need to take a more uh, proactive approach to investigate the candidates that you are going to vote for. We're not here to tell you who to vote for, but we're, we're right. saying like, look at what they're mm -hmm. saying in regards to these topics that you just took the time to research. These inequities that are still prevalent in our society, do they have any stance on that? Do they have any plan to eradicate that? So again, we, we would tell you to acknowledge, go on a journey for awareness, learn about some of these things that are out there, take action and then hold people accountable. That would be the four steps. I really appreciate that you take the time to outline those points for us. And I think one of my big aha moments last week was, and just reading some of the comments and different groups on Facebook by some of the women of color that I really, really respect, you know, one gal made a very direct statement and said, it's not my job. And it was some sort of like powerful statement for me because it was almost like when you're in a race, and somebody hands you a baton and it's your turn to run forward. It was like somebody handed me a baton and I felt like it was okay for me to keep going and keep talking and keep trying, you know, like. Yeah. I think that the, the point that they were trying to make was because it, it goes kind of back to something that we mentioned earlier. When we see these stories, we live these stories, we feel these stories. And so for some people, it's not always easy to kind of rehash what their life has been comprised of from a traumatic standpoint. It's kind of painful right. to say, okay, let me explain to you uh, why most African-Americans don't have a bank account. Let me explain to you what redlining is and what it did to our ability to grow wealth and how we are 200 years, again, historically, scientifically noted that we are 200, it would take us 200 years of uh, sustained investing to even attempt to catch up to um, a white family from a wealth standpoint. Let me explain why every mm -hmm. time I go into a store as a 6'3 African-American male, they're following, following me up to this day, currently, yep. still looking to make sure that I'm not taking anything. Let me explain to you why um, I'm pulled over and uh, for allegedly speeding and there's five patrol cars for a speeding ticket. You know, it, it can be, for some, it can be painful. So you're asking me to teach you about the oppressive systems right. that some of your ancestors created against me. Mm -hmm. I think that's the approach or that's what um, that person was trying to convey. Some yeah. of us are, you know, and that's something you have to approach with caution. If you have African-Americans, people of color in your world, um, then everybody's not going to be willing to have that talk. Some will. So you have to respect both sides. You know, yeah, you, again, like Ty mentioned earlier, it's all, we're able to see the pureness of heart. Yeah. And I also think I, what I love about that is not my job, almost like you have the baton. I love that because um, the truth of the matter is 
a lot of, let's just even say your audience, Kim, is your Kim, I'm, a, I'm assuming, I don't know, but I'm assuming uh, it is predominantly Caucasian. Yes. Women, possibly, right? So mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to use your platform so they can hear, right? right? So this is why I love that where she said, it's not my job. You now have the baton. And the truth of the matter is they may hear from you better than they can hear from me, right? So you're yeah. doing your part. And I love that. I, I think there's a lot of white people who honestly are afraid to say anything or make a statement or do anything because they don't really know you know, how it's going to be taken or how it will be interpreted or how people will respond to it. When I decide to make some sort of statement, it doesn't take me 10 minutes to compose that statement. Like I stop and I think about it and I try to make sure that I'm not coming from a place of pride, that I'm coming from a place of humility, that I'm listening. That's why I approach this topic. Like I've never had to walk a day in anyone else's shoes, but mine. And so I try to be intentional and very careful, you know, and how I communicate with people. And when you watch a lot of people online do this, they don't do it very tactfully. So when they make this statement and they get pushed back or they get strongly worded comments, I find that often that person in those situations, like the observation I've made is that they really didn't come from a place of humility. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people are immediately dismissive. Some people are not even willing to investigate um, what's being said. And again, that's why I said the first step in this whole journey is an acknowledgement that, Hey, maybe something's broken. And you know, like I said, when, when we started the show, you know, it's, it's, it's a risk you're taking by uh, having such an episode like this, because you're going to have people who immediately dismiss. You're going to have people who immediately push back and say, well, all lives matter or cops lives matter. And nobody's right. denying that. Right. But what we're talking about right now, Mm -hmm. is Black Lives Matter because of the situation. Like nobody shows up uh, when you start seeing all the pink ribbons out talking about breast cancer. You don't say, you don't say all cancer matters because the fact that they're bringing awareness to breast cancer doesn't mean that all cancers don't matter. On mm -hmm. September 11th, when we commemorate what happened, we don't say all buildings matter because we know that all buildings matter. But right now we're talking about what happened on September 11th to the Twin Towers. When somebody says that you got to save the dolphins, you don't say all mammals matter. We know that. We know that there are other wildlife who are losing their lives. But right now, the conversation is about, and so it's about, we're talking about what's currently at the heart of the national discussion right now. We're yeah. not saying Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that other lives doesn't matter. I guess that's the point we're trying yeah, to say. Right I now, really, this is the discussion. I really appreciate that point too, that this is the topic at hand. And, you know, when I read that Black Wall Street article from history.com, as an entrepreneur, it like hurt to read that and note that all of those people worked so hard to build businesses from the ground up. And what could have been something that really significantly impacted the future um, and changed so many lives in the future was completely eradicated because of people not wanting another race they felt was inferior to have more than they had. And it's awful. You know, and fast forward to 2020, my heart and the reason for doing this episode is that, you know, I want any person, but especially people of color that would like to have online businesses and be their own boss, that they'd be encouraged to do it and, you know, to hear from someone else who's been able to do it. And if we get a little bit deeper into that discussion, you know, one element that I could see that online business could do for people of color is lift some of those limitations they might experience, you know, of discrimination or the limitations they might find 
um, in their day jobs or their careers and maybe give them, you know, more control and that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, we, st- we still definitely have red tape even in our own entrepreneurship journey um, because you have to look at it this way too, even with different brands and decisioning power. Um, mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is the representation, even for certain brands, is not as as large as it is with other races. Um, yeah. But no, I definitely do get what you're saying. We are our own bosses. And so we have um, eliminated a certain, um, I don't know, maybe just a certain extent of it, but we yeah. still have to overcome various barriers, even in our own entrepreneurship journeys as well. And on that note, would you be willing to take a minute and just you know, talk to the people of color who may be listening to this episode, who feel discouraged, who feel overwhelmed, who feel like it's not, you know, not sure it's worth pursuing, um, just something that would help them keep going, put their head down and not give up on this thing that they really want to be able yeah, to Yeah, I would do. just say that your voice matters and um, people are counting on you to hang in there. People are counting on you to be solutions to the questions that they have been asking themselves and have been having such such difficulty uh, getting answers to. Um, your content is right the way that they need it. And so it does get discouraged. Any entrepreneur that does any business, you know what I mean? It's not an easy journey. There are uh, ebbs and flows and more times than not, you know, you just say, you know what? It was easier back in the nine to five life, but um, you're on this journey for a reason. Um, you are given this business idea for a reason because it's needed in the earth. And so in those low moments, remember that even if it's one, 100 a thousand people that are receiving what you're teaching you are making a difference i absolutely agree to that don't stop don't give up don't become discouraged um know that your voice definitely does matter and again as my husband said if you're touching that one person you have made a change in this world so we're only responsible for our own actions and what we do lead in love don't lead in hate um so and use our platforms for change i think that is just a great place Um, to pause the discussion that we need to continue having with ourselves and with other people. And I appreciate that you guys have taken time out of your really busy schedule away from your platform to like do this interview. That's a big deal to me. So I appreciate it. Um, And I really hope the outcome of this episode is that number one, uh, that, you know, you can take the advice that's been given and really apply it on how to be an ally and how to help make change. Um, And number two, if you are a listener of color that you can hear the success story and know that it is possible and yeah you're gonna have obstacles like they've mentioned but that it's worth doing Uh, and i really appreciate that you guys like i said came on the show and just took time to make this happen Um, and we want to encourage you kim to know that your voice matters and the work that you're doing is transformative and so we appreciate you being willing to be one of those allies to be one of those people to step up and say as from one human being to another, let's discuss this. Let's see what part we can play in changing the narrative to, to bring some common ground and some commonality. So your proactive approach and your diligence over your platform and your audience is not unnoticed and God's definitely smiling because you're willing uh, to lead in love. I agree. Thank you so much for having us on. Well, I really appreciate your encouragement. And uh, do you want to tell everybody where they can find out more about you guys? Sure. Um, everything is hosted at hisandhermoney.com. We have a podcast, also a YouTube and a website and our social media handles, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere is at his and her money. Thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.